0: The following audio is from the Grove Church. For more information about the church or to listen to previous sermons, visit our website at grove.church. La 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 la. Welcome to church. Happy that you're here today. My name's Andrew, I'm one of the pastors here and we uh, open up a series today called exactly that. My Big Fat Mouth, the show begins whenever I open my mouth. And so if you have a Bible, you can turn to James chapter 3 is where we're going to be landing today. i got some other verses for you to jot down in those awesome notebooks that you're using to take notes, and uh, we'll be jumping into uh, the, the verses here in a minute. I'm so glad you made it today. Uh, I am now a dad of two girls, so that's pretty exciting. And. And so with that, if you are here today and you have little ones and you got them ready and then you gave them their breakfast, which is a chocolate chip cookie, and you got them checked in and you said hi to some friends and you were in this room on time, go ahead and just pat yourself on the back and say, I am a superhero. You are a superhero. That is no small thing. And I love that you are here and a part of the Grove Church. So many things happening that are exciting, not only here at the Grove Church, but also in my fam personally. I have the benefit of having uh, an incredible photographer in my family. And so whenever we need photos done, we just call Molly Vaden. So here's one of the girls. This is little June and Lydia. Uh, Yeah, awesome times. So Lydia is now two and a half. June was born on December 18th, and Mama did awesome and is doing great. The family is good. And all is well. Uh, last Sunday, someone asked me, you getting any sleep? I'm like, do you get sleep when you have newborns? You know, not really, but that's just the way it goes. Uh, someone else last Sunday said to me, oh, I saw, it, man, you got two little girls, and oh, it's so sweet. And uh, they're just going to soften you up. They're going to soften you up. And I was, like, I was telling her, I'm like, I already feel pretty soft, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, my mom forced me to watch Anna Green Gables as a kid, okay? Like, that's, that's pretty soft, okay? Um, already crying at This Is Us and The Crown, so I don't know how much more I can cry about. Um... I'm just going to become a, a wet blanket. I was telling someone last Sunday, I said, I got the shotgun and the alarm system, so I'm good. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I didn't get those. But no, it's awesome. I'm outranked three to one right now in my family, so it's, it's, it's amazing. And the uh, family's doing great. I'll share one quick story about uh, Lydia and her meeting her sister. Super fun uh, when that moment happened. But what, what's even more hilarious is a few months prior to that, you know, we take Lydia to the park, get outside and stuff, and she met a little friend at the park named Connie. Now. Now, if your name's Connie, man, God bless you, okay? Um, but met a friend named Connie, and so somehow she began to associate that her, her sister's name was also Connie. And so every time we'd ask her, you know, what's your little sister's name? She'd give us like little like, grins to be like, Connie. You know, so it was awesome when she was introducing her little sister to her family. She was saying, Connie. But she loves her, and, and it's so awesome. So life is going good with the family. Another thing that's happening that you've heard a lot about that we are really excited about is uh, the launch of of our Kids Wing, the North Wing. Uh, It's coming up. It's going to be incredible. And I'll just tell you now that, you know, I have two little kids, uh, there's nothing that gets me more excited than just talking about kids and kids loving Jesus and kids learning about Jesus and kids seeing and understanding who Christ is in their lives. And so there's such a blessing, not only in our own immediate family, but in the church family. And so I just want to encourage you. I, I know you've been seeing the call to action. I know that we all have time and ways that that gets spent throughout the week. But I just want to encourage you that when it comes to Grove kids and showing kids Jesus, man, we need people to get in the game. It's as simple, it's going to sound like a sales pitch, it's as simple as one hour a month on a Sunday. It's as simple as that, to, to love children, to show them Jesus. Someday they're going to take my job and they're going to take your job. And so we want to raise them to know Christ and to love him with all their hearts. Can I hear an Amen. Amen to that. So we're excited. Great things are happening. If you're interested in serving in Grove Kids in any capacity, you can go to grovechurch.info. It's our online hub. You can also go to the physical hub in the lobby and sign up there. Love to see Grove Kids Ministry become all that God has designed it to be. Well, as we open up today, this is the intro of My Big Fat Mouth. The show begins whenever I open my mouth. In first service, I already had someone say, you know, in the, in the insert, on in the back of the program, it says, uh, you know, the average woman uh, talks 20,000 words a day, and, uh, and, and the average man talks about 7,000, you know, words a day. And, and Ronnie said to me, she says, that's because you guys won't listen. So I, I thought, what a, what a great way to start the day. What a, so, so, and all the ladies said, amen. Okay, so, <laughs> so great stuff. But we'll start here with, the, with some confession here. So I have a big fat mouth. Um, my mouth has gotten me in so much trouble. Um, I have hurt people with my words, and of course I have blessed people with my words as well. I've torn people down at times, um, I've made people feel terrible about themselves with my words. Uh, I've encouraged people. Obviously, I've spoke hope into people's lives. And I'll never forget a time, I grew up in North Marysville, two older brothers. I'll never forget a time we were the party house, people always at our house. The party house in a good way, not, the, not a bad way, but people always in our house. And I'll never forget a time when we were with one of our friends and I can be very sarcastic, okay, and sarcasm just kind of comes naturally to me. Well, this kind of reared its ugly head when, when uh, one of my buddies said, you know, the, and he was being serious, and then we teased him about being serious, but no, he was being serious and he said, hey, you know, honestly, the, the, the way you guys talk to me and, and joke with me and, and tease me is just starting to make me feel terrible about myself, And I realized in that moment, and countless other lessons along the way, that I had gone too far with my mouth. Um, It's amazing how powerful our words, our speech really is. And I'm sure you already know this, nothing new here, but words are so powerful I was even talking to Ryan after first service and him reminding me about the, the, even the, the issue of cyber bullying that happens online. So just words that people say to someone in an online you know, platform of whatever kind ha- has infiltrated people's hearts and minds to where people are taking their own lives because of those words. People are changing schools because of those own words that have been said over them. Words are powerful, you guys. It's the old nursery rhyme that we've heard since we were little. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, no, words really can hurt and tear someone down. They can build someone up. Words can heal, but they can also wound. Words are no small thing, and certain words and things that we say at a specific time and a specific season sometimes are the very exact thing that someone needs to hear. And I'm sure you have stories of that, where maybe it was, a, it was a low moment in your life or a season in your life, but then someone said something to you and you'll never forget those words. Th- those words still ring true in your mind today. I'll, I'll never forget when so-and-so said this to me and it made me feel incredible. But the opposite is true, right? There's some here today that can say, man, I'll never forget some words that people said to me. I'll, I'll never forget how, how hurt I was when, when they said what they said. You know, the, the honesty of it is, I don't think I've ever met a person who feels like they've mastered their mouth. I, I don't think anyone is exempt from this conversation. Um, I've never heard someone say to me, I got that part of my life nailed, Andrew. I'm so good with my words, and my words always build others up. Said no one, okay? <laughs> no one has ever said this to me. Um, I, what I hear and what I'm, a, what I'm guilty of a lot is, uh, man, I, I wish I would have never said that. I, I wish I would have, that would have never came out of my mouth. Um, I've heard people say, you know, if only, if only I would have not flown off the handle and responded that way. Even, even stronger, I, I, I say mean things to my family, to those I love. I, I want this to change in my life, but I, but I feel like it's out of control. And, and then even the justifying way, right? Well, I said what I said because it needed to be said. But man, wor- words are difficult and, and they're, they're hard. You know, I want to give us this caution because at the Grove Church, we always package sermon messages in series like this. This one's my big fat mouth. The show starts whenever we open our mouths. It's a four-week series, so today and the following you know, Sundays, we're going to be talking about our tongue and our speech, but I, I had to get very honest with myself today, and I, I'm asking you to as well, that I think we all struggle with our speech in one way or another. Um, for me, it's, it's why. Why, why. Why is my mouth out of control? Why, why do I struggle with saying things I don't mean or having regret, or why is it a problem? I think there's a few different reasons. or probably more than this, but these are the few I think about. It's just easy. Honestly, it's just so easy to fly off the handle. It's, it's easy to say things you don't mean. It's easy to say things flippantly and think about it afterwards. I find myself that when, when, when pressure is, is mounting and things in life are happening and there's, there's a boiling pot of pressure that it's even more easier to say things that I wish I could... Have taken back. Ryan and I were talking about this message last week, and I think it's so good. He, he reminded me, we are we are speaking death or life every time we open our mouths. It, it's already happening. It's, it's just a fact. Whenever we open our mouth, we have the power to speak life, or we have the power to speak death. And what's amazing about the Bible, which obviously we turn to today, is the Bible has a lot to say about our tongue, and so. I told you to turn to James, but here's some verses to jot down in your notes. The last one's a great one to memorize, but here's some ones just when it comes to the issue of our our tongue. Exodus 4, 11 through 12, it says, uh, Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see, is it not I, the Lord? Proverbs 11, 17. Your, your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. Reading out of the, the New Living Translation today why says, wise words satisfy like a good meal, The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Another version says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And the last one, if you're looking to memorize any scripture, maybe one to take on in the next four weeks of this series and put it in your dash or on a mirror, Psalms 141.3. It says, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. I love that one. I want to pray that one every day as we're dealing with our tongue. And then the main passage here, probably the most famous one in Scripture is found in James. We're going to pick it up in verse 3 here of chapter 3. It says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Wowzer. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, On one hand, it praises our Lord and Father, and then sometimes on the other hand, it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Let's bow our heads and pray for God's Word today and the message. Lord Jesus, today we just thank you again for the opportunity to gather, God, to be your church, to share our lives with one another, to encourage one another. God, we thank you, Lord, that that the tongue, God, what we're going to hear today and learn today, God, is so powerful. Our words, God, our words can leave lasting effects, God, and so we need your help today, God. We thank you, God, for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to break down some of these verses in James that we just read. Just take them in sections here. So this is James, the brother of Jesus, and he's the leader of the Jerusalem church. He starts off in verse 3 here talking about these small things that control large objects. James has given us an example of basically a, a horse's mouth with these bits and also a small rudder on a ship are examples of very small things. He relates that to the tongue. One of the smaller organs of the body has control over everything a person is and does. It's really pointing to the the power of the tongue that although it's very small, like a rudder or a bit in a horse's mouth, although those things are very small, their impact is very, very grand. Trying to get us to understand how powerful our speech and our words really are. It goes on and gets very dramatic. The tongue is a fire set on fire by hell itself. Okay, this is a really, really kind of strong language here. To appreciate this as I was studying this message a little bit, just thinking about just this last year, this past summer, my family and, uh, and I, we went up to Leavenworth for a, a family vacation, and at one point, we were at a pool or something, and uh, Lydia needed to nap. You know, she's on that schedule, so you live your life around nap times. And so, uh, at that point, you know, she was probably—I don't know—yeah, a little over one. And uh, so, you know, napping in the car seat in the car was like the easiest thing to do. And so, I'm like, oh, man, you know, man, I'll take her and we'll drive around, and I'll—I'll I'll nap or I'll throw on, you know, let it go, and she'll go right to sleep. And so, we're driving around Leavenworth, and I'm singing "Let It Go," and she's falling asleep. And I'm driving kind of up, kind of into the the. the mountain range areas kind of outside the town there. And I'm sure you've done this whenever you hear sirens in your car. Well, if your music's not too loud like mine is, it's like, I'm hearing something, you know, where... And all of a sudden, I'm like, I just hear all of these sirens. And so, I, you know, I, I begin to, you know, pull over to the side of the road like you're supposed to, and I realize that they finally caught me, you know. No, I'm kidding. But I pull over to the side of the road, and uh, out of nowhere, I just see, you know, fire truck after fire truck, and, you know, ambulance, and, you know, police officers just rushing towards this area. And about 400 yards away, I looked up into the mountains, and I saw this raging wildfire start out of nowhere, and these massive trees just getting completely torched, heading right towards what I would call like a mansion, beautiful home, heading right towards you know, this home. And you know, they're beginning to evacuate, and I see neighbors rushing out of their houses and grabbing their stuff, and they're asking us to get off the road, and they're asking, escorting us back towards you know, the town of Leavenworth. And it was just a crazy sight to see. And you know, we see it on the news, and we hear about different fires in the part of the country, but to see it that close in person... And to see the devastation of what it could do. J- James is saying, that's our tongue. That, that, that's, how, that's how strong our, our, our words are. That, that's, how, that's how powerful our our speech is. That, that imagery kind of helps really define what it can do for the good, but also for the bad. He, he, he goes on, and I I love the honesty here, because this is where I'm at today. He says, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but, but no one, I love this, no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of, of, of deadly poison. He's basically just saying, we, we, can, we can train dogs to, to fetch, we can train cute little bunnies, but, but, but nobody can tame this small little organ in our body. No one has a chance to control it. No no, no one has the ability to always have it under control. It's just too strong and too powerful for it to be tamed by a human. And then he he deals with, I would say probably the area that all of us can relate to. He he deals with that sometimes it, it praises our Lord and Father. See, see, sometimes this small little organ praises our Father and loves our family. Sometimes it builds others up, and sometimes it encourages and brings hope, and sometimes it's life-giving and beneficial and uplifting, and a word in, in season can help someone in such a dark place. Sometimes it's an encouragement. Sometimes it's a word that someone said, a a thought, an idea that they shared with you that gave you perspective. See, sometimes it can bless God. It can sing amazing songs. Sometimes it can do all these incredible things to encourage and inspire and build and strengthen every person that we encounter. But, But then, what does he say then? But then sometimes... See, sometimes it, it curses those who've been made in the image of God. See, it's, it's, a, it's a wrestling for our tongue. See, sometimes it, it brings discouragement. Sometimes it's harsh. Sometimes it's critical. Sometimes it's the tone or what was said. It's words that still we hold on to today and we all can admit in some way or another we'll say things like, I, I'll, I'll never forget what they said to me. That 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 devastated my family. Th- those words I, I still hear in my heart today. We 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 have this wrestling. We we love the Lord Jesus, but maybe have a difficulty at times loving His people. It's a folly in us that we try to deal with, but it's not an easy one. He he goes into the more of the imagery here, and he says. This issue, both coming from the same stream, one blessing, one cursing, both coming out of the the same mouth, and he loves them. So he says, you're my brothers and sisters. I love you. I have a special place in my heart for you. But I want you to understand, this is not right. It can't be this way. We we can't love God and curse his people. That's not where we want to be and how we want to live, and then the imagery of you know a salty spring or fresh water—they don't produce out of the same faucet or a fig tree and grapevines don't come. He's basically saying it, it, it shouldn't be this way. It, it shouldn't operate this way. It should—it needs much more control and taming. You see, if we're gonna if we're gonna really do something about our words, I, I want to address three things that our words can do. And then we're gonna pray just a prayer of surrender to God for our, our tongues for today and through the rest of this series. See, our words, they, they have the power to edify. They, they can identify and they can multiply. Let, let me deal with a few of these here. Let's start with edify. Our words can edify. See, our, our words have the power to bring hope To bring encouragement, to bring light in the midst of darkness. I love what Mother Teresa says. It says, words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. Words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. It's Just a fundamental question. Do your words that you say every day increase and give light to Christ? Or do they increase the darkness. Our, our, our words have a, have a way of bringing people out of the pit. Our words have a way of bringing hope. Our words have a way of bringing such life and encouragement because they are and meant to edify. Secondly, our, 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 our words can identify, can't they? They give shape to what is inside of us. This is found in, in Matthew 12, 34. It says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or this version says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, whatever's coming out of our mouth is directly correlated to what's happening on the inside of our hearts. It identifies things that are happening in our hearts if there's, if there's anger and there's frustration coming out of our mouths, there's more than likely anger and frustration stemming from something in our hearts. If there's, if there's joy and encouragement and love and grace, it means that something has happened on the inside of our hearts where love and joy and grace has filled our hearts. It, it's, it identifies something happening inside of our hearts. But we also use words to identify people. And we use words to label And we hear all sorts of words, I'm an addict, identifying as an addict, or you are special and loved, or you're a rotten kid, or you can make a difference in the life of a child, or I will never amount to anything, or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, words identify and they place label and they place identification on us and those around us. See, I know what you're thinking, though, because I used to work not at the church. I used to have jobs out in the world, okay? I used to be a server, great environment for people and how they talk, okay? So I know what you're thinking. You think, okay, you don't work with me. You don't actually know how I talk. And maybe some of you today would go, you know, I... I, I would label myself as, a, as a, a person who, you know, cusses like a sailor. We've heard that terminology. I, I have a foul mouth. Oh, have you, have you heard the things I said? See, what ends up happening is we, we begin to disqualify ourselves because of our struggles. A, as if God can't use a person with a foul mouth. Let, let me encourage you. God has used people far more worse than one with a foul mouth. And so, you know, we think if we have a problem with our speech, that we'll always be that way, that we can never change. We're always going to slip up and drop the four-letter whatever. It's just not true. God has a credible power to change how we think and how we talk. See, it's always hard for me because growing up, I I grew up in a Christ-centered home. I've shared my story before. And, man, how we talked in our home was a big deal. I mean, we, we weren't even allowed to say, like, like, shut up. Like, that was an immediate, like, soap in your mouth, which is torture. Child abuse is what it was, okay? <laughs> so, I'm still dealing with my mom in the courts right now, but, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it was child abuse, okay? But we, we just weren't allowed to talk like that. And not that just my story. There's a lot of people in this, in this room today that that was not your story. Maybe you didn't grow up in a Christ-centered home and you didn't grow up how to talk. You didn't grow up how to behave with with your tongue. And so what happens when when we come to Christ, sometimes what happens is there's a lot of rough edges. There's a a lot of struggle. If you you grew up with a foul mouth, you think overnight you're just going to not have a foul mouth? I'm, I'm sure that happens, but for a lot of people it doesn't. The question for me is, do I have room in my heart to love them? Do, do I have room in my heart to accept them where they're at? Do I, do I have room in my heart to let them belong even though they don't have any idea how to behave? Do I have room in my heart for that? Because when, when I hear those things, my reaction is like... <laughs> so I'm like, get your job. Get your job. Because God can change anything in a person. You're not always going to struggle with a foul mouth. God can change that in an instant, and he can change it in a process, and we need to be good with both. You know, lastly, our words can multiply. I, I, I read these proverbs earlier, kind words are like honey. Proverbs 16:24. It's like Winnie the Pooh time. Sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. It's like their kind words are, are sweet to the soul. It brings life and brings encouragement and it, it multiplies. It has incredible consequences. Wise words satisfy like a, a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. And again, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences and it's, it's already happening. It's going to happen in about four minutes when you walk out that door today. It's going to happen when you wake up tomorrow morning and you head to work. It's going to happen when you're raising your kids and loving them in your home. See, it's, it's so crazy because now i got these two little sponges, right? A little two and a half year old and her little feet running around the house. And she's listening to everything. <laughs> everything. I'm embarrassed to say it couple weeks ago I, I caught myself saying oh my gosh and then a few days later Liddy Pie, I don't know, dropped something and she's like oh my gosh I'm like no, no they're little sponges and they're listening they're listening to everything and what are they hearing what, what are my coworkers hearing what, what are my neighbors hearing what, what is my spouse hearing from me And how can I change that? Because I know, I know my mouth is big, I, I know my mouth is fat, and I know my mouth for me is really loud. So how can I change that? So that what I say builds others up and doesn't tear them down. Our words matter. What I wanna do today, I'm gonna ask you to close up the Bible, and close up the notes there, and like I mentioned earlier, we're just going to pray a prayer of surrender together. James says it, no one can tame the beast. I believe today God can. I believe God can tame your tongue. I believe God can tame my tongue. And so today, I just want you to, just a simple way here, just kind of place your hands in front of you, and just bow your heads with me. I'm just going to have you repeat a prayer after me as we Embark on this series. Just pray this after me. Just say, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, every person, say, Jesus. Jesus. Today, Today. January 14th, 14th. 2018, 2018. I surrender my mouth to you. you. I I want to build others up, I want to bless and not curse. I want to speak love to my family. I know that every moment I open my mouth, I have the opportunity to speak either life or death. Help me today, God. I can't tame this beast, but you can, God. You can take control of my mouth. So this year, take control. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Podcast. If you want to keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook or sign up for our e-newsletter at grove.church.